Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us each and every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I am your host, Marcus Stewart, and I am joined by the one and only Kyle Hilliard. What's up? I'm here. You are here. I did it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to to, to be here. What's on my what am I? I'm talking about Remnant Two. That's right. That's on my docket. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the the little note that's on your seat when you okay. come in. It says, uh, "Please talk about uh, this game when you arrive." Be ready. Uh, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, and also exciting is that we have a kind of rare. GI show appearance from one Brian Shea. How you doing, man? I am so excited to be on the GI show. I used to regular these parts back in the day, but then I got my own podcast, so it became a little bit rarer that I would actually have time to come on this show. But you know what? This week, it's all about talking about our new cover story. So you can hear that on my podcast, or you can just listen to this episode that you're already listening to and hear that. Wow, that was a really nice way of saying I got a show that is better and I don't have to slum it with you guys anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, but, you know, we appreciate you making time for us. And uh, you know what? Not only are you here, Brian, but you're the man of the hour because you wrote our newly revealed cover story, Sonic Superstars. And I had to pause for a bit. I was like, it is just Sonic Superstars. I don't know why I wanted to put Sonic the Hedgehog Superstars for a second. But uh, I guess it's because it's not just Sonic the Hedgehog. It's got his three other friends, you know, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, the whole gang's here. And we're here to pick your brain about it because you got to play it. You got to speak to Sonic Team. Uh, you and Alex Van Aken uh, did some great uh, not only written features, but video features that are coming. Uh, so tell us all about it, man. What's the deal with Sonic Superstars? So the joke that we were going to make is like we should tease that it's a game. It's a 2D platformer with modern visuals that was announced over the summer and has the name super in it <laughs> because that could also be super mario brothers wonder whoa wait 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 is this the first sonic with the word super in the title is it oh i'm gonna all right keep talking i'm gonna look this up i think it might be isn't it like sonic racing is that super oh wait, that maybe super, that super, might sonic, be well no that's all stars i guess it's not super yeah this yeah it, it, it might There's be so I mean, it, Super Sonic is a character that exists, right? That's true. Also a character that exists in this game that we are talking about, Sonic Superstars. Okay, just, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that I, I had this epiphany recently where I was like, wow, who would have thought coming into 2023 we would not only get a new 2D Mario game, but even more rare, a 2D Sonic game, which is pretty yeah. cool to me, especially as a fan that grew up with both of those uh, styles of those series. Kyle, you seem like you had something on that that end of your screen. Well, okay, yeah. Well, um, well, for Frontiers, that was just last year, right? That was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that, yeah, that's a quick turnaround for like a new Sonic team, right? Sonic game. Um, but also, I so I pulled up, I I found a list of Sonic the Hedgehog video games on Wikipedia, and I searched the page for the word Super, and S Superstar is the only one because there's you know there's. Uh, instances of the word super nintendo but this is the first sonic with super in the title is that is that interesting i don't know let's <laughs> let the comments decide <laughs> probably not but yeah sonic superstars i traveled to burbank california on multiple occasions actually played through the first six zones of the game 
and which uh, the trailer in the Nintendo Direct would lead us to believe there are 12 zones because they said speed through 12 zones. And, and so I that's I'm I'm considering that official confirmation there are 12 zones. And uh, I played through half the game basically at that point. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of exploration that you can do in these games because like Sonic is built on like multi pathways and branching paths. So like, you know, if you're up high on a ledge and you fall down, you can go into a whole different area. So there's a lot of explorative elements that I did not get to do because I only got to play through some of these levels once. But, you know, I got to kind of basically take a nice little tour of the first half of the game. And I'm really liking what I've played so far. Nice. Uh, so uh, can you describe like the uh, I think we all know how Sonic plays pretty much at this point. I you know, he's got a spin dash. He's got his uh, homing attack. Nope, I believe. Right. He does, oh, no homing attack. Not okay, we're going so all the way back. here. Wait, wait, let's 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 back up here. So every character has their own distinct moveset. So Sonic has uh, the drop dash, which is was introduced in Sonic Mania. Basically, what it what that is, if you jump and you hold the jump button, you almost land in the state of a spin dash. So it's like a good way to like change direction really quick or just like jump and then hold the button and you'll spin into like an enemy that's in front of you. So it, it's a really good way to continue like momentum and, and really build momentum if you're just kind of like landing. And then he obviously like, all the characters had the spin dash. Then tails can fly and swim. So if you're underwater, the flying just turns into swimming um knuckles can glide and climb just like he can in in most games and then amy has her hammer and she can also do a double jump so the hammer is basically like you know under in certain circumstances when she runs forward you can you can use the hammer to hit people in your way so those are the base move sets and then as you collect chaos emeralds so there's seven chaos emeralds it used to just be like all right well once you collect all seven you can turn into supersonic now it is each emerald that you collect grants you a different power now. And these powers affect every single character the same. So the first one's called Avatar. And all that is is a bunch of clones. Like you summon a bunch of clones of your character to run forward. And it basically just defeats enemies that are in your way. And that's really uh, it's cool looking. And it's also very, very effective. Like I used it on bosses. And like it would basically finish off that phase of that boss. Because a lot of the bosses are multi-phase. Um, and there's also bullet where like you kind of suspend yourself in midair and you can like aim what direction you want to fire. And then it's really helpful for like platforming. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole bunch of different abilities. You can read the full story on GameInformer.com. There's IV, there's vision, there's water, which basically allows you to just like freely traverse any water that's on the stage. So, like if you're in an underwater section, you use the water ability. It allows you to kind of just basically roam freely throughout like the underwater area. And yes, there's uh, there's seven of those, but the seventh one that you unlock is called Extra. And what that is, is that affects every character differently. And this is why I said, like, let's back up at that particular point that you made, because it gives every character a character-specific ability. So Sonic, he gains the homing attack in that in that ability, which, you know, the reason, the, the way that they justify it is saying, like, hey, this was not an ability that Sonic had, like, in the classic Sonic days. That was something that like really came into play with Sonic Adventure. So this is kind of like something that in the classic Sonic games, they wanted to add in as like kind of an optional ability if you want to use it. So that's Sonic's extra. Tails can actually summon like, so it's called like tornado attack. And I was like, all right, that could mean a lot of things. One, it could mean like, uh, you know, Tails spins around really fast. 
two, it could mean he summons the plane, which is called the tornado. Or yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The, the plane is called the tornado, right? I'm I'm not like the biggest Sonic lore guy, but that that's a bit that I know. Uh, yes, that is. It's called the tornado, and it uh, that that's not what this ability is, though. Instead, Tails actually summons a tornado, and it oh, okay. it uh, it <laughs> goes along sense. the that pathway. All, that all checks out. Yeah. How does he? Does he like wave his hands and then tornado appears like magic? I didn't actually get he... to see it in action. I just got it described to me by Takashi Azuka, uh, okay. the creative officer of Sonic Team. Okay. And He's been playing a lot of Battlefield 2042. <laughs> and then uh, Knuckles can punch, which you know that seems like a a good extra ability to give a guy whose entire like name is based around the fact that he has sharp knuckles. Yeah, and give then him the knuckles. Yeah, they gave him the knuckles. And yeah, then he puts brass knuckles on, so it's punching. <laughs> and then Amy can throw her hammer now uh, with okay. the extra ability. So when you say like, yeah, he has the homing attack, yes, but also kind of no. <laughs> but only right. if you get that 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 chaos emerald that get that gives you the extra ability. Right, not his base move set. Which honestly, uh, of all the things that I'm excited for this game, I, I'm like you, Brian. Where like I'm a big Sonic fan, but I'm more of a old school 2D traditionalist. So. Um, I'm super excited for this game just for that, but the Emerald uh, or the Chaos Emerald approach, uh, having them each stand on their own as different uh, powers is super cool to me. And something I used to always wonder about as a kid, because like in the comics and like TV shows, they portray the Emeralds like individually as being like big deals. Like, oh, if you have one, you know, you're you're pretty set yeah. for the most part, but like you want to get all of them, but like like they're pretty much treating them like Infinity Stones now, which is great. Like, yeah, they each have their own like identifiable power but if you get all of them then you're like god basically yeah and like <laughs> I, I, I there's also one called slow that I, I neglected to mention that basically slows down everything on the screen so you have like more time to react to like a, a tough timing thing and by the way these emerald powers all operate on a cooldown but it automatically replenishes your cooldown meter if you cross over like the checkpoint star post they, i i like that too because it's like the chaos emerald stages in the old games are usually pretty hard and honestly, because the, you know, it doesn't really matter unless you get all of them. So if you like miss one or take forever trying to get one, it's easy to sort of abandon. Like, oh, I guess I just won't be supersonic this run. That's really the only end game here. Uh, but now that it's like, oh, actually, I want that. The God, I forgot the name of it, the multiplying yourself. Avatar. Ability. Avatar. What a weird name. <laughs> it's just like maybe because Avatar is tied to two other very distinct things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And Sonic is blue, too, actually, which is. Uh, hold on a second uh, <laughs> what have we discovered here? and it's also the blue chaos emerald that gives it to you huh. oh, okay. so when you asked uh Izuka about the movie he said he hates that series and he wants nothing to do with it no he likes the sonic the hedgehog movies okay. no no i'm talking about avatar <laughs> i knew it i knew what you were asking oh, okay, oh, okay i have asked him in the past if sonic likes dragon ball z and he says no he's never watched it come on <laughs> get out of here with that Mm, that's absurd yeah. well okay hold on maybe sonic himself hasn't watched it but the person who made him go super saiyan <laughs> <laughs> has certainly watched it. and it turns out you also collect a bunch of precious collectibles in order to turn supersonic which you know there's there's also an element of dragon ball z where you yeah, collect a little something there. wait is it it's is it seven? I always forget the number. Seven chaos emeralds, right? Yes, because there's seven dragon. Oh my god, it's the same number too. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> so like this is funny. Is like we're acting like this is some like epiphany when like fans of like <laughs> yeah, no, we've right. made that connection decades ago. Yeah. I don't know why you guys are yeah. shocked Old by this. News. I mean, I feel like I made the connection decades ago as well. It's just coming up here. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Just to put yourself out there. Um, one of the coolest things I reading your cover story, Brian, that stood out. Well, another thing that I don't think I ever fully connected was hearing them talk about creating brand new stages for this game and how a lot of Sonic games, especially like 2D ones, tend to sort of like either modernize or sort of remix existing stages from like the first four games. I'm counting Sonic 3 and Knuckles separately. And I, I don't think I ever really thought about that until like, yeah, all the other like sort of like here's the new version of the old games. It's always sort of like a tour of like, remember Chemical Plant Zone? Here it is again. And I guess I never minded it because my nostalgia is so tied to that version of Sonic and like anything new is typically tied to bad Sonic in my brain. So I was like, yeah, I don't need new stuff. And, you know, Sonic Mania had a few new stages like that were good, but it was still like half of it was. Like, yeah, it was, it was like 60, 40 with some tweaks. Uh, so just hearing that, like it, it's like most or if not all the stages in Sonic Superstars are brand new zones. Is that correct? Yeah. So they're all new zones. It's a new island that they're going to that has all these like giant animals. That's like basically the story is like Eggman is going to this island to capture these giant animals to turn them into like really powerful robots. It's a, it's a very simple story, but you know, and he hires, um, uh, I, I always want to say Knack the Weasel because that was his name in Sonic Triple Trouble in the US localization of it. But it's actually Fang the Sniper, but now I think they renamed him Fang the Hunter. So uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a roller coaster of, of names <laughs> for this character. But yeah, Fang the Hunter has been hired by Eggman, which is another nod to like the retro style of the game because, you know, he he deb- he's most well known for Sonic Triple Trouble and Sonic the Fighters, if you ever played that one. And, oh, weird. Okay, what a callback, yeah. Yeah, so he is like kind of like the secondary antagonist, and then there's a new character named Trip. And uh, essentially, we don't know much about her, but she's like kind of like this armored, it looks like almost like a raccoon, but like they kicked around. I was going to ask, like, what kind of animal is Trip? It's hard to tell, because she's wearing like a bunch of armor. And uh, yeah, it kind of looks like a raccoon tail is sticking out. So maybe that's what she is, but maybe a, a lemur. Maybe it's oh, entirely possible. Lemur, because yeah, I think there are. Do we have a raccoon? Raccoon in yeah. Sonic, like in the comics or something, right? Isn't I'm, there a raccoon? I'm sure there is. Yeah. But yeah, like to your Mar- point, Marine the raccoon. Does that sound familiar? Mm. <laughs> Classic <laughs> character. Everyone I used to love yeah. the Sonic comics. I, I read like the Archie comics for like the first like 75 issues. Like I would go to the comic book store every single week and like get the the new issue. And then I remember, like, issue 50 was incredible. It was, like, kind of, like, the final confrontation between Sonic and Dr. Robotnik. And then it started kind of falling off for me a little bit. But I know it it did kind of have, like, a resurgence as well. And then I uh, I, I started off with the IDW comics. But, yeah, I don't – that name does not sound particularly familiar for me. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, she was in Sonic Rush Adventure was her first appearance. And then she showed up in a bunch of other ones. Ah. Bring back Maureen. Bring (laughs) back Maureen. But to your point, Marcus, yeah, like look at Sonic Mania. It was like 60-40 old stages remixed to all new stages. And then Sonic Generations is the other like really like obvious thing to point out where it's like, yeah, like these are all old stages. And that was kind of like the first example that we had of like kind of the blending of the styles where it was a modern Sonic game, but there's also like 2D levels or 2D sections that you could play through as classic Sonic. And that game, like its mission statement was really celebrating the the anniversary. At that point, I think it was the, the 20th anniversary of the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. So it by, you know, its thesis statement was going back and doing kind of the greatest hits tour. 
Whereas Sonic Mania was kind of in that same camp, but also like showing like, hey, this is what we could do with like a, a 2D infrastructure in 2017. And it ended up being a great success. It was like the highest rated Sonic game, I think, ever, <laughs> like on Metacritic. Mm, probably, yeah. And it was uh, just a, a huge success. And, you know, unfortunately, they didn't go back to Sonic Mania 2, but we got Sonic Superstars, which so far seems really awesome. And, you know, it's all new stages, but the stages do definitely seem to take inspiration, even though Sonic Team kind of denies it. Like, that, they're like, nope, we didn't look at the past. We just kind of like made our own uh, decisions. But it's like you look at some of them, like Bridge Island Zone, which is the one that everybody's played who went to Summer Game Fest. It's like, yeah, this feels like a combination of like Green Hill Zone and Emerald Hill Zone, which is Sonic 1 and 2 starting levels, respectively. And then like Sky Temple Zone, which is one of the exclusive ones that we got to get our hands on. That feels an awful lot like Sky Sanctuary in certain places. And also, uh, uh, shoot, what's it called in Sonic Adventure? Windy Valley. That's the other one that it it um it kind of veers close to. And then, you know, there's a pinball level like almost every Sonic game has at this point where, you know, you just kind of go and it's like a carnival or casino atmosphere. Um, and then there's one that's like an underwater level. There's a um, like a desert level. So, yeah, there's a, a, a good amount of inspiration from past Sonic games, but none that are outright like this is the return of chemical plant or anything mm. like that. So it's, it's nice to see them kind of flexing their creative muscles while still giving you the experiences and the level themes that you kind of expect from a Sonic game. Uh, from what you played or saw, how was the soundtrack? Cause I mean, I, I, I hold 2d Sonic up there as like one of my like most reliable, <clears throat> great soundtracks. Uh, how did this stack up from what you've heard? Oh, it sounds great. And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell who it is. I, I heard who it is that composes it. Um, I know that June Senoue, who has, you know, the guitarist of Crush 40, but also has been doing like Sonic audio stuff since Sonic 3 is involved. Oh, I'm very familiar with Crush 40. You listen to this podcast, you know that I know Crush 40. Amen. Right, Marcus? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I heard that June reached out to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, like we might need a a new vocalist. Backing we might need vocals, a new vocalist. Maybe. <laughs> uh, listen to last week's episode. Sorry to cut you off, Ryan. But yeah, so <laughs> the the music is. I, I really liked the music, and you know, I'm I'll need to hear it several times in order. Like you know, I get so upset about the the replaced music in Sonic Three in the Sonic Origins collection, and that's only because I grew up on those songs. And I, I mean, I do think that those versions are also objectively better than the ones that they put in the place of it. But also like, I understand there's probably a lot of like legal and licensing issues surrounding the use of those songs. However, like, you know, I need to hear the songs in Sonic superstars a few more times, but the songs that I have heard, cause you know, I've played a couple of these levels a few times now and it's like, okay, yeah, this is a really good song. So I'm hopeful cool. for the soundtrack. Could they not, for sorry, this is a weird tangent, but like for the uh, Sonic Origins thing, could they not just re-record the tracks and just like with their own in-house studio, like the thing that Taylor Swift did? That's what I asked, and it doesn't seem like it's that simple. Okay, because yeah, I don't know. Maybe I asked like if Taylor Swift can do it, then Sega. Can do it. it just never is with music. It's so wild, you know. Yeah, or even get Taylor Swift. To yeah, just get Taylor Sonic. Tracks. Just just get Taylor Swift to to do it. She's available, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, a lot of Sonic tracks are just based off pop music to begin with. So just like, just cover the Taylor songs and the Sonic sound font. There's a lot of overlap between Swifties and Sonic fans. Yeah, both S fans, sure. you know. Big fans of the letter S. Superman <laughs> fans are in there too, I think. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> okay. Man, it's, 
it's like i'm so excited for this game that we talked about before uh you know for your summer games fest footage and demo about like how good the game controls apparently it doesn't feel like a we have like a sonic 4 yeah. sort of like floaty weird physics situation it seems like they really honed in and was like we need to make this feel like the, the genesis games basically uh did you get to play any co-op at all that that's kind of my biggest question is like what like full four-player co-op looks like and how possibly chaotic that might be co-op was specifically not allowed Mm, uh so i would love to give you impressions of co-op but unfortunately i was uh even though alex van aken and i were both in the room we had to kind of pass the controller we couldn't play multiplayer okay yeah i I know i was just gonna say i will be curious because like how they uh their different abilities sort of uh, affect one another if that makes sense, right? Because like usually in these sort of two two D co op games, like uh like New Super Mario Brothers, Rayman Legends, stuff like that, they usually keep the sort of abilities. Uh, Disney Illusion Island, they keep the abilities sort of consistent across the board. Uh, not to say that those games don't exist where everyone has different abilities. They certainly do, uh, even in within some of those genre uh, those franchises I just mentioned. But uh, I'll be curious how it works here. Well, I know that some of the emerald powers actually can be used to help your co-op partners like ivy which basically what you do is you grow like a vine out of the ground you can direct where it's going you, you can also use that to help your co-op partners like reach up a level that you you are able to reach but maybe they aren't so like there's so only one character can have a an emerald power like it doesn't apply to all of them you know i one. i could not tell you that we, we just did not go into hardly any stuff about the multiplayer i know that they did play a lot of co-op games like in in kind of like talking conceptually with them about co-op and like including it in there and they said that was like one of the main goals and like you know they looked at other co-op platformers that are kind of similar to the play style but like none of them are like as fast as sonic obviously so it's like challenging in that way but they did specifically mention like you know the new super mario brothers series was one that we did look at we played a lot of just to like kind of get a feel for how to make co-op work but like it, it, the challenge is ultimately like in those levels, you're able to kind of walk a little bit slower through it. But like in a Sonic game, you don't really want to go slow. Yeah, right. Interesting. I mean, that's my biggest fear with like playing with a, even one other person. I kind of get flashbacks to Sonic 2s. So like the co-op racing thing or even playing with Tails. And like you know, at the time it seemed cool, but, you know, it, it was just a very sort of like half-assed attempt at co-op where it's the big brother i was always sonic and my younger brother having to struggle to keep up his tail because i'm still playing the games i normally would so i'm just going and he's just kind of along for the ride basically and if he dies he dies but like i kind of want to see how they balance that out and like do they do the mario approach of like oh someone died now they pop up a little bubble and you know teleport with you or yeah that's tough like just yeah like how they keep everyone together basically without slowing the game down too much yeah, it's uh, that's definitely one of the bigger questions I have as well. And, you know, we we are probably going to get a chance to play it again in the future before launch. So, like, hopefully that session is a multiplayer session, because I think that is the big remaining question at this point. Once you kind of see my coverage uh, throughout the next couple of weeks, I think that's going to be the big question that remains is how does co-op play? And unfortunately, I'm not going to get an answer during this kind of coverage cycle but you know hopefully sometime before launch we're able to nice uh last question i guess uh if we in the event we wind up playing together uh do you guys have dibs on a particular character man i like a double jump honestly 
I might go Amy. That's who has the double jump, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dibs on Amy, I guess. Okay. Okay. I might. I I'm fine with either Sonic or Knuckles. Yeah. What if I said that I wanted to be Sonic? Would you? No, I take I take Knuckles. Knuckles or or if I said I want to be Knuckles, would you? There's no fight. Is basically Brian. No, right? I'm good. I'm good with either. Of those. I mean, I like Tails too. So it's like like Tails is almost like not an easy mode, but like especially in um, uh, Lagoon City Zone, which is one of the the exclusive zones that I got to play. Like Tails was basically easy mode in that because it's a lot of it is underwater. So it's like you know swimming with Tails was like so much easier than like having to try to platform as Sonic or Knuckles underwater. And it's like. Yeah, that's that's the way to go with that. So I don't mind Tails, but like Sonic and Knuckles are always kind of my two go-to characters. Okay. Well, my uh, transparent attempt to manufacture conflict has failed. Uh, so <laughs> you and I will either be Sonic or Knuckles, and then Alex, who is not here, he'll just be Tails because no one picked Tails. And also, I so. I did try to get uh like settle the score once and for all with is it Hydra City or Hydrocity in Sonic mm. Three. And Ooh. Takashi Azuka's answer is, I'm not a native English speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so what a what a good what a good out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not that that's actually not a bad answer, honestly. <laughs> I think I've I don't think I've ever said it out loud, but I think in my brain I've always said hydrosity just because it sounded cooler, even though that makes less sense than it just being because no one says no one says that. Yeah. Like when you add city to things. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna keep saying hydrosity. It's. I mean, if you were to cooler. separate the words, you don't pronounce it hydra, right? No, uh, like it's but, hydro. But yeah, like I mean, do you say New York City when you talk about New York City? Do you combine that? Make New York City. Word. If you're New Yorkers, say it up there with the New England accent. New York City. There we go. Just one word mashed together. That's how they do it. I we are off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome to podcasting baby yeah you have been on a gi show in a while brian this is what this is now i'm afraid but yeah thanks for uh talking about sonic superstars our uh, digital issue of the cover story is available now the print version should be out in the next week or so uh this is a good time to remind folks that you can purchase uh single issues of game informer magazine at gamestop.com uh, Sonic should be up there in the coming weeks, uh, so be sure to check that out if you're not subscribed to the magazine. Uh, feel free to do that as well. And also keep an eye on uh, GameInformer.com as well as our YouTube channel for uh, some exclusive features and uh, video interviews from your cover trip. Yeah, we sat down for a long time. Like, there was actually a point where like I started feeling bad because I took up a lot of Takashi Asuka's time. <laughs> like so uh yeah we we got in depth with a lot of stuff uh, so look forward to that uh gameinformer.com slash sonic superstars hell yeah kyle hilliard uh, hold on real quick uh before we move on from sonic brian could you just turn slightly to your left just look over yep okay stop 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 all right just hold it hold it okay thanks that's all i wanted thank Good you <laughs> all right <laughs> What has happened there? I don't know. Maybe go watch the video version later. Who knows? <laughs> Alrighty. Uh Kyle Hilliard. Hey. You have been playing Remnant 2, the sequel to Remnant from the Ashes, which was uh Gunfire Games, correct? Yes. The sort of like uh third person co-op shooter. It's got a lot of souls DNA, a little bit of gears in there. 
the first game I actually really enjoyed. I, I played that entire game with the two other friends. God, what was that? Like 2018, 2019? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Like that. Um, but yeah, the sequel is here. No subtitle this time. Just the big old number two in Roman numerals. And I'm curious to hear what you think because you have finished the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, like at the time of this recording, I was actually like a, a little late because I was like, I had I finished the final boss this morning, and then I was writing the review, and I missed you guys saying, "Hey, can we uh, podcast?" Because <laughs> I had my head down writing the review. Um, yeah, I I like gunfire games a lot. I'm kind of I've always been rooting for them. They are former. They gosh. Uh, I forget what the developer was called, but it was the Darksiders folks, right? Darksiders yeah, 1, Darksiders... Yes, Vigil. There you go. And Darksiders 2, and then they kind of split up into like uh, the Airship Syndicate and uh, Gunfire Games are sort of the the, re- the remaining two studios uh, born from Vigil Games. And they did Darksiders 3, which I liked quite a bit. And they did um, a cool VR game whose title I can't remember, which actually takes place in the Remnant universe, uh, funnily oh, enough. Oh, uh, it was the one they reworked into a non-VR game. Yes. And they, it was called Kronos. There you go. And yeah. then when they re-released a, like, a non-VR version, they tied it closer to Remnant by adding uh, like Kronos before the Ashes. Like They gave yeah. it a subtitle or something which is, like that. Which is cool. Like that's I kind of yeah. like that idea. Um, I, I remember a long time ago, I, I saw gunfire came to game informers old offices and showed the game off and I played it there and I played, I, I think I've, I've dabbled with it, you know, uh, post-release, but remnant two was like diving in all the way. Um, and I, overall I liked it. I like the, cause like, it's so cliche or passe to like compare games to dark souls. Like it just become, it's become a joke at this point, but like truly like, Remnant 2 really, and Remnant 1 for that matter, is like, what if we took a lot of those Dark Souls ideas and applied them to a third person co-op shooter? And I, which sounds like a cool idea on paper that would be difficult to execute, but I think the execution here is good, right? Like it feels, it feels right. Like you, you do a lot of, you spend a lot of time dodge rolling, you know, you got to take advantage of those iframes. And like, it does feel good to like, you know, be further away from an enemy fire off a handful of headshots and then like roll out of the way at the last second like that stuff feels good um in remnant 2 and the the system of like hitting checkpoints where you can sort of refill your health uh items and stuff like that like that also works well in a third person shooter um but i mean overall like it's kind of the boring uh feedback for any video game where I'm, my reaction is kind of like yeah it's okay you know, it's kind of like it's it's solid. Like I had a decent time. I I don't know if it's gonna stick with me for like a long period of time. I I can't imagine this is one I'll be thinking about in the months ahead. But like, I had a good like challenging experience. The co op worked well. I I'm, I played with randoms almost exclusively. Like I not almost exclusively. I had a couple folks come in and help me with a, a boss here and there and stuff like that. And that was and that was cool. And that was and that was fun to like if I'm especially like the last boss. I was I was having a hard time with it, as you can imagine. And and I was able to have someone come in and we worked together and we tried it like four or five times. Is in this a row. like a is it like a shared world kind of thing? Like oh like players can just seamlessly dip in and out randomly or kind they come of across you in the world and like hey i'll help i don't th- i think you still have to sort of be at the checkpoints and then like someone can enter your game like basically i left my like game soul style yeah right? like i left my uh, game okay. open to the public right i was like if anyone wants to come join me by all means please come and hang out and like i th- it's it's made in such a way it's like they can't really interfere with you they can only help which is which is nice 
the big thing for me though that I my favorite thing about the game is because the like the conceit of the story is that you're actually like moving between dimensions as opposed to like levels right you're not on like the same planet you're like moving between dimensions so like one level kind of looks like like kind of bloodborne-esque to to use another sort of souls reference where it's like victorian london in the back alleys and like and then but then that like uh, then like 10 minutes later i'll be in another area that's like clearly ai is run amok and like robotics are out of hand and i'm like in this sort of futuristic setting oh so today yeah 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 it's all five years from now basically yeah yeah um and i like that one in particular really gave me a returnal vibes like i was like ooh, i kind of feel like i'm on that weird returnal planet which uh which is cool like that's a compliment um i was just thinking about how much i love that game returnal returnal is so good yeah um anything that kind of vaguely reminds me of returnal like i'm like yeah yeah i'm on board let's do this um but then, yeah, the other the, the sort of the downsides of it are like the progression wasn't like super exciting for me. Like the only thing I found like really worthwhile was like upgrading my gun, like making my gun stronger. And it's like, you know, every couple of checkpoints, I would go back to home base and like upgrade my gun. And but that was kind of it. Like I didn't really change weapons. I never got new armor. I didn't really upgrade armor. You can't really upgrade armor. Um, everything I picked up, like the rings, like you have like four slots where you can use rings all of them are like so specific and weird where it's like, like if you dodge roll at this moment, you get like five seconds of doing uh 5% extra critical damage. Like it's all stuff that gets really in the weeds like that to the point where I was like, I really was like, it's like, these are just too specific. And there's like, it's like related to things that I'm just not really doing a lot. So like, I kind of just stuck with like the boring stuff. Like, yeah, just give me like 5% extra damage. And even that is like such a minuscule number that I just like never really felt like I was growing in a radical way, if that makes sense. Like, so the progression was kind of disappointing to me, but like mechanically, it's like, it looks good, good, good shooting mechanics. The story was like, I couldn't even tell you any characters' names. Like no, no one really stood out in the story, but alternatively, right? Like that's the plot and the story and characters. That stuff was kind of shoulder shrug. But the lore and like jumping between universes, like that stuff was kind of interesting. And that is there if you want to sort of dive into it, right? If you kind of want to learn more about all these specific worlds, like I went into one place and I like came across this council that was like, who are you? What are you? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a human from Earth. And they're like, well, we don't know what that is, but we have some weird political strife going on here if you think you can help us out. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like that kind of stuff I like. Like, I think that's fun. And like going to the AI planet and like, you know, this this weird character is like, I'm a robot and there's this black hole nearby that's causing all these problems. Do you think you can help us? I'm like, yeah, that th- just like ideas are cool, but like right. the characters and stuff. And like, I didn't really feel any kind of emotional impact from anybody I talked to. I, I, I mean, that was the story with the first game, too. Where, sure. I mean, granted, I was also playing with two friends the entire time. So like, you know, your own conversations get in the way of like the plot. And I just remember either ignoring stuff or just like us making fun of things of like that guy looks weird what's his deal yeah. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but even then yeah, the stuff that we did pay attention to we're just like eh, this is this might be interesting i don't know like the things we're seeing visually look like fascinating or just like like you said lore stuff or like oh this this world fell apart in this weird way huh that's that, that could be interesting but the actual like plot <laughs> like why are we saving the world yeah or, you're just you're trying to defeat doing? the you're root 
you know which yeah is exactly like, this, like the root yeah which is like a lot of the end bosses are, look like really evil versions of Groot as a result because they're yeah, all just these, like, like tree beasts and stuff yeah <laughs> just, exactly yeah. but um yeah and it's like i honestly think that's the right approach in terms of story for this kind of game in the sense of like look if you want to dig into it you can you probably have to do it outside of the game but it's there if you want it if you just want to shoot some stuff like that's kind of like your goal here and that and that part of the game works quite well so yeah overall good but just i'm not it's not one that i'm like over the moon for by any means i think it's a game that will find its audience you know like the third person shooter fans who are looking for something something in that genre that that they haven't maybe played in a while they'll find this game but i I don't know if it's going to sort of elevate to like you know at the end of the year will i be sort of campaigning for remnant 2 i'm not really sure probably not but like by no means a bad game not a bad game i would not say that about it in any way yeah i want to check it out especially since like at least from what i remember trailers i was like oh this looks better just fidelity wise like it seemed like it had a significant jump from what the first game sort of presentation was yeah i I don't know if it's telling that i i one of my buddies who's like a really good friend we play co-op games together a lot and he's one of the ones we played the first game and this game has not come up at all of like stuff that we might jump into next and we're actually between games right now and I don't know, maybe it's just because this game is, I don't know if it's the marketing, but it's felt a little under the radar. I've been like, oh yeah, Remnant 2 is out this week. That's right. Okay. I mean, in, uh, the, in their defense, it's a tough year, man. There's a and lot that of too. good stuff this year. Um, yeah. So, but timing's not bad. You know, maybe the people, if there are folks who've, not to transition us yet, but uh, if there are folks who maybe were kind of like hit exoprimal and were like, eh, I don't know about this. Like, hey remnant 2 right around the corner fighting mean dinosaurs go fight some mean trees man trees robots uh just angry rioters in victorian london like all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff yeah. yeah the through line is that everyone is pissed <laughs> pretty <laughs> much yeah. <laughs> yeah remnant 2 yeah I, th- I believe uh it is out as of if you're listening to this i think it released on uh tuesday i believe i think it's out july 25th so yeah, your review is up now as of the release of this podcast. Yeah, by the way, Brian, could you read that after we're done recording here? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll see. Okay, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, did you, do, do you have a score? You uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to share it here because who knows? It might change. Uh, you know. Okay. I'll also think about it, but um, yeah. Okay. We'll go check GameForward.com to see that hot score and that hot review. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I guess, you know, you mentioned Exo Prime before. I'm here to provide a news update if you have a little like news ticker that we can maybe put like a lower third uh that <laughs> says the, the current dinosaur one. forecast uh how likely it is we're gonna get some some raptor precipitation um yeah i'm still playing that game i am still enjoying it i i've been thinking about it a lot like you know i i talked about it last week and how it was like pretty high and kind of surprised that like the direction that game goes in and I've continued to be surprised to the point where um, actually the same buddy I was just talking about, he, we were texting over the weekend and I told him I was playing it and he's asking me, he's cause I'm telling about the story. He's like, there's a story to that game. I thought it was like just a <laughs> PVP or PVE thing. And then, and I was telling him like, no, it's not only like there is story, but it is like, it, honestly, Exoprimal, it, it kind of feels like a single player game that just happens to have, like strangers helping you play in a lot of ways interesting okay because i i mentioned last week how the story sort of gamifies or not gamify but contextualizes 
why you're playing these multiplayer matches over and over like you're trapped on this island that's trapped in a time loop that's being run by this ai that is obsessed with running the simulation of pitting exosuit pilots against dinosaurs because it really wants this combat data for reasons that you're trying to figure out why as well as a bunch of other mysteries that you're trying to fill out on that analysis map uh that i explained last week and i'm I'm much further in the story now like i'm well over halfway through it based on the little like percentage meter that keeps track of all that but yeah like as i was thinking about like yeah this kind of feels a lot like oh yeah a lot like but similar to like a call of duty campaign because those games are the same thing where in Exoprom, you load up a multiplayer match, you do it, and then when you finish, you get some cutscenes, and then you do it again and until you get more cutscenes, until you get to an ending. And it's like, yeah, it's that's like every shooter ever, but like, imagine if you're playing Call of Duty campaign and all the dudes that are like AI controlled that are with you were just real people that were helping you out. Because you don't, like, you don't really engage with other players until the end. It's PvE for like two thirds of every multiplayer match. And even then, when you get to the end, sometimes if you're really good, you might not have to engage with them at all because maybe you just blew past them and you only see their little ghosts of like what they're doing. So, like, and you know, it it feels closer to like a, a single player shooter that has a lot of Dynasty Warriors just because of the sheer number of enemies that are in. Or if you're playing one of the melee focus classes, which is two of my favorites, is Zephyr and the, uh, god the samurai one muramase i think where it definitely feels like dynasty wars because it is just hacking and slashing dinosaurs left and right and seeing them fly all over the place and i on one hand that's like cool if you're like me where you're a little like more single player focused just as a player like i don't play a ton of multiplayer games and not a ton stick with me so it's like oh yeah like you can't just kind of play this as a single player game but because of the multiplayer framework it you know, it can get tiresome, you know, like not quickly, but like it's repetitive, right? That's just like the yeah. nature of the genre of any multiplayer game ultimately, right? I'm also keeping in mind that I'm playing this in a way that I normally wouldn't because of the review <laughs> where I'm like playing it nonstop back to back to back. And it's funny because they even uh, in the story, they touch on that because like in their world, they're like, oh, yeah, every so often uh leviathan summons the the protagonist to go fight another war game and they're like oh my god when is it gonna end another war game oh we just got back from the last one <laughs> so you're <laughs> almost like yeah i'm i'm feeling that too <laughs> but like is that good and to the game's credit what is cool about it is that they do try to mix up the multiplayer matches where as the story progresses they add new objectives and new levels And there's even like one-off situations where like I had a character show up in a multiplayer match. Like it starts normal and then a character shows up and goes, hey, I'm here. I'm going to go do this thing. Can you keep the dinosaurs off me? I'm going to go like steal some data and it becomes something completely different. So that's like you didn't you didn't elect that, right? You weren't no, like no, no, let's no. play this mode. It was like you were playing a normal match and it then it Well, there's only one mode you. in the game. Oh, sure. Literally there's yeah. you just hit play matchmaking that's it you and then and then the pve <laughs> or the the P, pvp at the end is what just sort of randomizes right or the whole yeah. thing is kind of random right it, it's all randomized like the pv like the pve chat i guess a uh, round at the end maybe has the most variance but even the the uh two rounds before that like there's different types of that you know and but like as i've gone on like there's been situations like that of like oh who's this guy okay this is different and then recently i had like an uh, like a boss fight that was kind of like a destiny raid 
that was actually right, pretty right. cool where it's like, oh, you hit this milestone. Here's the villain, like, or like, I guess one of the main villains of the game shows up and he summons this giant monster and every, and like both teams have to fight it. And it's like a completely different thing. So and that's cool. like, oh, I, I like okay. the idea of like, you're sort of playing match after match after match. And then it throws in like surprises at you that you yeah. don't like that's cool i like that idea and that's what keeps me going too yeah i think so Marcus, i, I want to see what it's going to do i think next. you and i are on the same page there with when it comes to multiplayer generally i do kind of quickly tire of that loop in general it doesn't matter how great the game is i just overwatch right. like it's like well i kind of did this like three or four times in a row you know so i i that's really that actually is exciting to me and makes me want to go play some exo prime well i mean that's that's something that i've been waiting for is some game that like really does that effectively because like you know overwatch is one of my favorite games of all time but the best parts of overwatch are when they introduce like a new character or a new map and like the entire meta gets switched like up on its head and you know for a long time overwatch did not do that so we had like kind of the 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 stagnancy of that game turned off a lot of the community and now that it's back in full force it's 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 nice to have that return but like exoprimal sounds like it does that just inherently without the developers having to like kind of introduce new gameplay elements into it like through the live service aspect of it it just kind of it flips things up and down based on like just what type of match you're playing yeah and i think like to go back to this feeling almost more like a single player game in disguise it like it kind of needs that because it's so much more PVE focused where even Overwatch, you know, those matches can be repetitive, but like every Overwatch match is going to be different because it's still all PVP and real people are unpredictable. Like you don't know how, how people are going to play every game. And that's what keeps Overwatch and other games like that exciting. Cause like someone might do some weird wild stuff, but like in Exo Primal, because it's mostly the AI, it's like, okay, it's a wave of this dinosaur. I know what they're going to do. I've, I've like have tactics for dealing with this person or, or this dinosaur, um, which they, at least they, do, and they also mix up the dinosaurs. Like I've been running into dinosaurs I haven't seen before. I recently, they've started dumping in more of the, uh, gosh, I should know the dinosaur's name by this point because I've heard the name. They say the, the name, the, right? The, yeah. the frilly one that kills uh, Newman in the Jurassic Park that spits the... the, the I love the idea of the game, that, that voice being like, the dinosaur that killed Newman, parentheses <laughs> Seinfeld, in Jurassic Park. <laughs> he also voiced the, the antagonist in Toy Story 2. It just like goes into his... Oh, God, I forgot about that. Uh, how yeah, you? like those little bastards have been showing up and spitting stuff and they've even gotten weirder in ways where i won't spoil but they've been introducing like not real dinosaurs like just like weird genetically mutated dinosaurs that do a lot more than just bite wait isn't that just like the the plot of jurassic world uh yeah yeah yeah, i guess a little wilder than that but like honestly this game's not above just like taking that weird like what was it the Endoraptor and in, in Fallen Kingdom the like Super Raptor I get they they kind of have done they've crossed that line at this point of like here's just a weird super dinosaur that can shoot things at you for some reason and you're like uh, okay sure we're fighting this now I mean again it keeps the game fresh but yeah like it, it, the the tedium is definitely started to wear on me a bit but those moments are propelling me through on top of like continuing to unlock like i've solved a few of the the mysteries that have been lingering and things are starting to crystallize of like okay i think i i have a decent idea of like what caused this incident and also where we're going and i i want to see how they like how it all wraps up but 
Yeah. And, and, like so far, I'm still I'm still like having a good time with it. You know, like I said, I'm <clears throat> playing in the way I normally wouldn't. But I, I think it's still like a a good sort of like example of how to weave in a narrative in these kind of games. You know, like I said, I think only Titanfall one is maybe the best example of a game that has also attempted that of like let's tell like a story through purely multiplayer matches. Uh, I think this does a better job of that. So yeah, I, I want to keep going. Like so far, I'm still having fun with uh, Exo Primal, and I'm excited to see. Based on that last like huge milestone boss fight, I kind of want to see what they have in store for the end because it's getting progressively sillier as I go. <laughs> Good. So. That's I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. By the way, I googled so, what dinosaur killed Newman, and it, it was Dilophosaurus was the first result. Yes, it knew exactly what I was asking. <laughs> Yeah. You know, in this game, instead of spitting black, they spit purple stuff. Oh. oh mixing it yeah. up. Yeah. It looks uh, it's like it's like nuclear looking like some like cosmic purple stuff. It's like glowing and whatever. I don't know. It's probably also, fine. you can probably get it. This actually just reminded me of like actually playing today, I hit a, a milestone in the story where there's this completely ridiculous <laughs> revelation that I want to talk about, but I won't. But, like, there's almost, like, a part of me that wants to do a spoiled in this game so you can really unpack how, like, stupid it is. But, like, in a good way, I there was a scene that I got today where it cleared up one of the lingering mysteries. And I was, like, chuckling to myself, like, this is so dumb, but I love it. <laughs> like, this is what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that is our, our Exo Primal update. Uh, again, I should be done. Uh, by the end of the week and have like a proper review up on the site so keep an eye out for that uh speaking of uh other things that are over the top and stupid and dumb but i like uh that twisted metal show uh, right. I, I i i watched that whole thing because it premieres uh actually it uh, the day that this airs the show will be available on peacock to watch i mean uh, marcus so- i gotta say i mean I, I guess share your opinion, and then we, Brian and I can share our like at least our reaction to your reaction, which was just like, really? Well, <laughs> let me ask you this before: Is it one of those that like every episode goes up at once, or is it episodic, like every week? I actually don't know. I I'd have to check like the emails I got. I don't think they ever specified, or, or maybe in a trailer they did. I, I actually have no idea. I haven't thought about it. I think Peacock is usually um, week to week. So no spoilers. Is that is that like better or worse for you? I don't Ryan? know. Like sometimes I like it better. Sometimes I like it better. I like it better when it's because I'm not a binge watcher, so I prefer it week to week. But like it also kind of sucks to like if it's like an eight episode season to be like, oh my god, for the next two months I have to like just like wait for the next episode. Like I don't know. I I actually prefer it to come all at once. I understand the value of doing week by week because it keeps a show in like the 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 mainstream consciousness and like the public discourse but like as a viewer i don't i don't care i just want to watch all of it and then like i don't i don't really even really binge it it's just like oh i'll watch one episode during lunch and one episode during dinner and then tomorrow i'll do the same thing and then you know instead of having to wait two months for eight episodes i'm done in four days well brian if you hate eight episodes what if i told you this was ten? Oh, well hopefully it's all at once. you have to wait even longer yeah. <laughs> so I think I think yeah. I think yours I think everyone's sort of understanding of this show was like it was announced it was like oh weird okay sure and then they showed that clip during was it Summer Game Fest? I think so. Yes. Yeah. And I think our collective reaction was just like okay uh, maybe that was taken out of context but that was rough. 
And at least my sort of, I'm not a Twisted Metal fan by any means, but my sort of going into the show existing, I was kind of like, I don't think that thing's for me. But then, Marcus, you watched the show, and what happened? Yeah, so I am a Twisted Metal fan. I have the same reaction of like, ooh, okay, this is all right. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was an out-of-context clip. And having seen that same clip in context, I like it a lot better because I like the show more than I was, for a time, almost embarrassed to admit to myself. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you always feel bad. Because, like, I, I don't want to go into anything like feeling negative about it of course right like i gotta give it a you want to give it a shot right like you know like i've seen bad trailers for movies that wound up being awesome uh and vice versa maybe this is fine but i don't know uh but yeah i i got to you know watch the entire first season relatively quickly and it didn't the best compliment i can give is that it didn't feel like work because i kept wanting to see the next episode because this show is so much fun to watch so like the the pitch uh is almost nothing like twisted metal which has always been one concept of a guy named calypso who gets a bunch of like deranged race drivers and says like hey get in a car and kill each other and whoever wins i'm gonna grant your greatest wish but i'm also gonna like mess it up in some way so it's like bad uh and that's it like all the games have just been a variation of that so like i to this show's benefit, it kind of works for it because, like, it can kind of do more because it's such a thin premise that they had to work with. Like, they could have probably made a season that was just the tournament, maybe. Um, but they just go full-on Mad Max of, like, hey, what if at, like, the dawn of the new millennium, like, the whole Y2K, like, fears about society falling apart happened? <laughs> and so, like, society just collapses, and then the show takes place 20 years later where they live in the divided states of America and all the most of humanity lives in these giant walled cities for like safety. And then anyone that is not lucky enough to live in this, in the city is out in the lawless open roads. And that's where like all the degenerates of society live. And it's just like kill or be killed. And having a car with guns is like important. And we catch up with John Doe, who Anthony Mackie plays who fun fact, I get this shows a lot of deep cuts and also with twisted metal characters, I outside of Sweet Tooth, I never know the names of the drivers. I only care about the cars, and I would wager that's how most twisted metal fans are. Like, do you actually know the driver of Thumper or the different drivers of them, or do you just go like, ah, I just like Thumper? But like John Doe was actually a character in Twisted Metal Black who drove Roadkill, and I had to look that up on Wiki. It's like, okay, so they didn't just make him up. They any of the some a similar thing of like a guy that has no memory of his past which is kind of the perfect blank canvas for like an adaptation of like oh we can kind of do whatever we want with this guy uh and he's like a delivery driver and his job is just going around to different the walled cities and just bringing them stuff but he wants to find like permanent residence somewhere because he's grown up on the streets and as far as his memory is concerned like he doesn't remember anything about like the world before it collapsed or his childhood is hazy he's just like no i just know i just know the roads man and through some shenanigans, he meets Quiet, who Stephanie Beatrice plays, who's this woman that's on a revenge quest against the Agent Stone, who is Thomas Hayden Church's character, who uh, is basically outlawed, you know, like twist the middle of the cop car. Um, though Agent Stone was also the character that drove Crimson Fury in the first Twisted Metal. I'm getting into the weeds of like Twisted Metal lore now. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was like unrec- a completely different character in the game. Stephanie but, uh, Beatrice plays Quiet. 
quiet. And that, is that like uh wait like Q U I E T? Yeah, like silence. Okay, okay. And that's uh is that from the game or is she original? No. Okay. But one of the more interesting mysteries of the show is what her real name is. They've like ah. try they they tease trying to figure out who it is. So I feel like she's actually a character, but you have to watch to see like okay. which character. Yeah, no she's spoilers. A... Yeah, because one of the cool things about the show is that it's a lot of the references are pretty deep cuts. Like you'll see a character and be like, "Oh, that was a freaking flower power from Twisted Metal Three, everyone's favorite Twisted Metal." <laughs> the reason I was asking is just because like you're talking about he's like a delivery man, which in my head I was like, okay, kind of like a Death Stranding sort of in Mad Max sort of crossover. Kojima, Metal Gear Solid I mean, Five, much. Quiet from Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. It's like, <laughs> it's like just swirling in my brain. I was like, are these, are there overlaps here? Like, what's going on? Oh, we man. just went, okay. it's like, Sonic yeah, I was about to say, we did Sonic Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah, right, right. Should we ask, uh, God, I forgot the, the showrunner, but he was a, he was a writer on uh, Cobra Kai, uh, Michael Jonathan Smith, I think his name is. Okay. Um, and it's also got uh, the two Deadpool writers on this. Uh, what shows in this show, like I, I think I told you guys when we were when I was talking about the show offline that the show has a lot of like James Gunn vibes of just how over the top and just like silly and also like supremely violent it is. <laughs> like it is it has got that peacemaker vibe, which is probably the best comparison given it. it's like it's like it's just like revels in how like gross and like bloody it is of just seeing heads get blown off and dudes getting like shot like point blank in the head and then brains going everywhere and, and of course cars exploding and then just kind of laughing at it like oh isn't it funny that that guy just died a horrible death that's isn't that kind of kooky? kooky and which you know it met, matches the games the games have always had like a dark humor to it you know black maybe being the exception but it, it like nails that vibe and i also like that it it knows how dumb it is. Like it is not trying to pretend to be something that it's not. Yes, that it has serious moments, and it, and the serious moments work better than they maybe should. Like there is some like great emotional beats, hmm. and they spend a lot of time developing the four main characters, which would be Quiet John and Sweet Tooth, of course, and uh, Stone. Like you get, they spend time fleshing them out a bit with like flashbacks, and uh, like like the show knows when it needs to be serious pretty much there are times where it felt like a little bit of whiplash of like oh wow we just jumped from like serious to goofy kind of back to back but for the most part i think they balance it well i think it's like performed really well like all the actors do a good job i think sweet tooth is actually pretty great like we mentioned that that trailer clip that everyone kind of cringed at like once you see him kind of in his full element like will arnett does a super great job with him <laughs> like of making him funny but also still intimidating and unpredictable where you're like like the once you kind of start to get too comfortable with him it's like this guy seems all right then he does something really messed up and you're like oh right yeah no this is like a terrible human being you shouldn't want to be around this guy and there's some great stuff with uh like i mean maybe the it's kind of like the low-key mvp is like mike mitchell uh who is oh nice great and stuff like he his character of like kind of plays this like clumsy idiot who is probably the most normal person in the show who keeps finding himself like in these horrible situations and just like, just sort of reacting to everything and like trying to help or trying to avoid stuff. And then it just backfiring constantly. But he even, he has like a whole little character arc that he goes through that I, with agent stone that I think is pretty well done and interesting. 
That's, I don't know. That's like really good show's... to hear because I'm just I'm just a Mike Mitchell fan just because I, I like uh, the Doughboys podcast and stuff like that. So to hear that he gets some time to shine, like that's fun. That's cool. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's a he's a pretty a pretty featured like side character. Nice. Uh, I like my biggest criticism with the show is probably just like I wish there was more car combat. Like the, the stuff that is there is kind of short. And again, I don't want to spoil like it, it eventually gets to where you want it to be. But you kind of if you're coming just to see like I just want twisted metal of the game every episode. It is not that like a lot. Some of the episodes are mainly just people like talking you know, or walking around. <laughs> like I say, like a lot of the more like prolonged fights are like on foot, like just like firefights or, you know, fist fights or whatever it is. And then somebody might get in the car and shoot a missile at somebody. But at least that, that, that sounds more acceptable than taking like Halo. Like Halo is another show where it's like, they took basically like the source material of the universe and then made their own story about it. Like, yeah, well, there's this guy, Master Chief, and he has his AI companion, Cortana. But, like, outside of, like, the basic origin story, like, they really went some weird places with that with that that first season. Hopefully, only season now. <laughs> well, it's getting a season Is it? Two, I, I don't know. I could appreciate sure. I thought they announced that, like, it's not long after but, like, the first season. But, like, they oh. did such a, like, a weird thing with that character. And, like, it, it doesn't really work because master chief and like the story of halo is so iconic whereas twisted metal i feel like has been dormant for so long that it almost seems like it it takes it it could take more liberties and people would be okay with it well i mean there's so much more lore in halo 2 that the moment you try to change too much it becomes a problem like i said twisted metal has it's so thin like story-wise that you can fill in those gaps with your own nonsense and it'll probably be fine as long as it's still cars blowing each other up you can do anything you want on the side basically and like i was thinking about that too of like you know like this show changes a lot of stuff in the way that halo did but halo turned me off like i couldn't even finish the past like episode two of halo but i and i, I think couldn't a lot even of it start they... that's how that's how i was <laughs> and I, i've always said that halo would be a better show if it wasn't master chief as the protagonist like if they just said this is just a different spartan in his story it'd be fine but because master chief is such a defined character and they just did almost went out of their way to strip all of that away and say like nope he's this now and it was just like it just felt like borderline disrespectful in a way whereas like the characters that like really sweet tooth is the only character people care about in twisted metal and they nail him. It's like, yeah, that's, that's sweet tooth pretty much. And everyone else, again, most of them are characters from the games, but they never spend time with them in the games outside of their little ending <laughs> where something bad happens to them. So again, they have the freedom to be like, you know what, what if agent stone was this now, or what if this character was this now? And honestly, not, there's, some no, of the characters... there's no preciousness to any of it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And honestly, it's for a lot of their benefits. Like, uh, quite a few of the characters are from, like, 3 and 4, which are the games people like the least. And I'm like, I like this version of this character in the show than I ever did in the game because they sucked in the game. But, like, you know what? I like this. I like her now. This is great. Or this guy. And so, like, it just... there's The show has just... Because it kind of embraces its silliness and also embraces the fact that it's based on a video game. Like, they go out of their way at times to remind you, like, this... This is a video game. We have played the games. Like, I think they showed in one of the more recent trailers the scene where uh, John punches in a Twisted Metal 2 cheat code to, like, <laughs> activate something on his car where he's, like, reciting the 
button combinations like up up down down r1 l1 and you're like okay (laughs) but like that and just other weird little stuff you're like okay this game i i appreciate that right it's like okay like because some adaptations almost feel ashamed to like be associated with the source material which i've always thought was kind of weird of like why would you adapt it if you're like gonna run away screaming from it and try to tell people like no 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 this is this isn't a game uh twisted metal is like no no no, guys remember these games pretty cool huh you should maybe we should make a new one Hmm. uh and it's just it's just fun it's it's endearing in ways that are surprising there's things that happen that i should have cringed at that i was like i actually kind of like that (laughs) and i i I don't know it's just like i think it's a combination of the writing the performances and and just the tone of it it's it's striking a sweet spot where by the time I got to the finale, I was like, I hope we get a second season of it because it definitely sets up a season two in a pretty big, exciting way. Uh, and I, I, I'm I, curious to see how this does. I just hope I, there's the selfish part of me that says, like, everybody go watch this. So we can get a season two, damn it. <laughs> Even if I maybe wind up, maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe I'm like the only person that winds up liking the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, it's out now. I, you guys should check it out. I, I would recommend this. Like, I would I would tell people to be like, hey, just watch the first couple episodes and see what you think. When when you, that's the, the thing I was getting at earlier is like, when you shared in Slack, I think it's where it was, you were like, guys, I like the Twisted Metal show. And it kind of reminds me of Peacemaker. I was like, man, I, if, I never thought I would be like perked up about a Twisted Metal TV show because I never played any of the games. So I don't have any sort of relationship with the source material. But now hearing you talk about it and all this and like reading uh, your review that I think is on the site at this point, like I was like, I guess I got to check out the first episode of Twisted Metal and see if it like pulls me in. Like that just really surprises me uh, in a good yeah. way. And you got to at least get to like, at least, I don't know if you guys do this, but I always give new TV shows sort of the three episode rule of like, yeah, like if fair. you don't hook me by episode three, then I'm done. Because you got to give shows time to sort of like get the pieces in place of like, okay, this is what the show is going to be. Like at least get to the third episode because by that point it pretty much the dynamic is there what it's gonna be yeah and the episodes are only like thirty minutes thirty five minutes like it's not one of those like hour long shows thankfully yeah that's my kind of speed I like that yeah so twist and metal everyone it's good shoulder shrug like who would have thought I mean, not not <laughs> me I did not think that was gonna be the the verdict whatsoever but I'm glad it is I'm glad yeah. it is good righty. well. We are going to start winding down the show. No emails this week, but we will be back with that next week. Uh, Let's uh, take it home with some housekeeping. As I mentioned before, uh, single issues of Game Informer you can pick up right now at GameStop.com slash Game Informer. They're $5.99 each, and they are awesome. We can say that unbiased because we wrote them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Also, be sure to check us out on our social channels. We are on Twitter or Actually, is it still called Twitter? Do we call it X now? What's Look, the, man. What is that? Is I it... ain't calling it X. If you go to Twitter.com, or if you even, like, bookmark <laughs> this social media platform, it still auto-fills as Twitter. So I'm 
I'm calling it Twitter until I'm legally not allowed to. Okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I wasn't sure of like, if that was just the logo changing to an X and it's still called Twitter or if the name of the platform is Gosh, now X. It's, it's almost like the whole rollout of this has just not been thought through in any real way. I mean, I, and by the time this episode the... comes out, it might be changed back to Twitter. Let's be honest. Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, oh, so yeah. Um, if you head to Twitter, be sure to send us an X whatever we're going to call tweets going for excess at uh at game former uh we're also <laughs> I, on I hate blue it sky. i hate it <laughs> <laughs> hey don't take it up with me man that's true uh you can't take it with us up on blue sky though we are there now as well as uh threads instagram tiktok facebook or meta yeah facebook Facebook's whatever whatever it's called now yeah uh, but thre- oh, but it's... truly, like, threads in Blue Sky, we are posting are, uh, too frequently now. Like, I started, at the time of this recording, I think yesterday, I kicked up threads uh, in a real way. And we got our cover reveal up there and stuff. So, like, if you if you want to find us on, you know, a new platform, uh, Blue Sky and threads are looking strong. And, yeah. Exactly. You can probably find all of your favorite Game Informer personalities on all these social media platforms as well. Yep. Yeah. I'm there now, which feels weird. As someone that doesn't like having too many social, I'm like, man, I'm on a, I'm on a fresh start. It's been so. I literally have not started a new social media profile in like a decade, so it felt weird to go back to zero again. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Um, but but also like a cleansing. Of sorts. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, be sure to uh, check us out on Twitch.tv/GameInformer for all of our live streams. Uh, hoping to do some more streaming now. Uh, I got my new PC now. I, I know you know that, Kyle, because yeah. it literally came while we were doing replay last that's day. That's right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's going to be like the start of uh, trying to get some more streams going on a more regular basis. Um, you know, if you subscribe to our Twitch channel, you get access to our Game Informer Discord. Uh, be sure to check out our ongoing super replay of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which we might be coming up on the end of in the next episode or two, honestly. It's yeah. Starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's getting pretty big. Uh, and be sure to check out our podcast, not only this one that you're listening to now, but the the man himself sitting here, all things Nintendo, hosted by Brian Shea. Check that out. That drops every Friday. Uh Brian, do you want to say something nice about your podcast? It's about Nintendo. There you go. We read the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great show. Uh, be sure to check that out as well. And also, Both of these fine gentlemen are often on it. So if you like the show, you might like all things Nintendo as well. It's a great point. And of course, special shout out to our amazing podcast editor, uh, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Storm again, uh, celebrating their one year anniversary as our uh, podcast editor, which oh, man, nice. time flies. Nice. Yeah, they, they dropped that in, uh, they mentioned it in Discord. And I was like, wow, it has been a year. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know what time is anymore. But uh, also as a little a little tease in the podcast front there, I appeared on their, uh, their podcast. I, I mean, I guess it's a future episode. But yeah, look, keep an eye out for that because I will be on a future episode of their podcast. Oh, nice. Fun and games. And yeah, and you should go listen to Fun and Games as well as uh, Matt's other podcast, uh, Reignite, which is a, a Bioware-focused podcast. And yeah, like I said, we'll uh, pick up emails next week. If you want to send us a question, you can email us at podcast at GameInformer.com. Or if you're on Discord, just drop a question in the uh, Game Informer Show's Discord channel. And gentlemen, thank you for joining me this week. 
Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Go play uh, some video games. Actually, by this time next week, I hope you guys have watched Twisted Metal because I need someone else to talk to about this. <laughs> so. Absolutely not. It'll probably only be the oh. one episode, presumably. So, you know, we won't be able to talk to you about that. Oh, yeah, thing. I guess we don't know how they're doing it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Also, uh, you may have seen me clicking around a little bit. I was getting confirmation that I can talk about the uh, Sonic Superstars composer. Oh. And so it's it's June Senoue and uh, T. Lopes. Oh, nice. So, yeah, the guy behind Sonic Mania's amazing soundtrack and also TMNT Shredder's Revenge amazing soundtrack. Oh, nice. So, yeah, cool. you can have a pretty high expectations for this one, I think. Okay. Do you have any features with, with them at all or coming up? Or? No, uh, but he has appeared on All Things Nintendo in the past, so you can go listen to that episode and that, that delightful interview. He's a, he's a very fun person. Okay. Awesome. That makes me even more excited. So yeah. And as a good reminder to, again, check out our Sonic Superstars cover story. Digital issue out now. Check, keep an eye on the site and YouTube for all the exclusive features. And until next week, everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.